Welcome to the Green Man Podcast. You're listening to the Green Man Podcast. I think I'm podlet yet Green Man. Welcome, welcome everybody to the Green Man Podcast. I'm Corey Hansen, and I'm Dylan from the band Didi Dorillo. Yeah, so how are you doing? I'm doing really good, thank you. I'm glad that you've had some beautiful weather today. I think you brought it from California with you. And the festival location is is gorgeous. I've never been to Green Man before. Have you been to Wales? I've never been to Wales. Oh, welcome. I've always welcome. wanted to, to come here, and now I'm here. Oh, happy great. days. Well, we are in a very beautiful part of the world. Um, these mountains are called Banai Brecheniog. It's the Welsh, traditional Welsh way okay. of saying it. I hope I haven't got that wrong. It sounds I think like that's some right. Tolkien shit right yeah, there. Yeah, it is. It's next level Tolkien shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been a beautiful festival. It's an honor to meet you. I came to watch you play with Wand in Austin. I think it was 2019, but it was really cool. It was very hot. Yeah, I've just been a mega fan ever since. I think you sound checked it. Uh, this is going to sound really nerdy. I think you sound checked with Melted Rope or something like that. Okay, um, sure. But it didn't play it. Live. <laughs> so you owe me a song. Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, no, I won't play it. That's a different band. Uh, of you know? course. Tonight of course. is all dedicated to the, Incredible the Western Gum world. Oh, man, I'm going to have to ask you. The title is um, has a certain nuance to it. Um, I'd like to know a bit more about the, the title itself. Okay. Um, I had a song that I wrote called Western Gum. It didn't make it onto the record, but I... After compiling all the songs that I wanted to be on the record, I went through the titles and I was thinking, like, what is this record going to be titled? And it kind of sums up the world of the record to me, um, like where narratively I was like coming from. And beautiful. In, in uh, it, I guess it is beautiful. <laughs> Western Come. I mean, it's a it's a record that in some ways for me is about origin. Um, about have you know where where do things come from or where where does this music come from like where does Amazing. my you know why why did I you know decide it was so important to you know become like a Led Zeppelin obsessive and hmm. a Jimi Hendrix obsessive and like make uh, guitar driven music nice. and uh, it's somewhere in that Western come I guess. <laughs> totally. Uh, I mean, it, it's really beautiful to hear your voice really quite forefront in the mix as uh -huh. well. I'm not sure if that was a kind of uh, a big production decision in the first place, but it's. I, I loved hearing your voice kind of constantly flip falsetto to kind of almost like head voice, and you mm -hmm. do that almost easily. I, I would struggle to do that very hard. Um, <laughs> but uh, and also almost kind of coming from an Allman Brothers. Um, tapestry you're kind of tapping into that's what I felt oh, listening to okay. it lots of beautiful harmonized guitarists lots of lots of melodic runs that were going throughout and you still got that psych in there and sure. it gets me very excited yeah, to listen to it. It, it it tapped into a I've, I've figured out a way to tap into like progressive music uh, and like progressive rock but like from this other avenue that I just hadn't really thought too much about before which is like country and like southern rock and nice all this stuff that's like very much a part of my um, DNA because my mom was a country singer she sang in country bands not not like famously or anything but wow. just just because she loved it and uh, so I that I grew up with that music that was like the earliest uh, music that I can remember hearing cool and I kind you know when when you grow up listening to something and it's like in the atmosphere it's in the air mm, all the time yes it it can sort of 
um, like I'll neglect it because it's like, well, I already know that stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, I already know Willie Nelson and uh, Johnny Cash and uh, all the outlaw, you know, yeah, folks. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, so what's uh, why go back? But then you know, in in revisiting that stuff as like a songwriter. Um, it opened up a lot of things for me and it, and it was like, Oh, this is like, in some ways feels like what I was meant to make. Awesome. Yeah. That's so cool. And a lot of the lyrics, I mean, it's, it's difficult. I know asking a fellow songwriter about their lyrics, cause I'm sure they're not always have necessarily a specific meaning behind certain phrases, but, um, I just, I just, adore your lyrics I think they're beautiful and I love the story you take us on and I felt like there's a really nice um, kind of theme running throughout oh yeah I mean lyrics are I take lyrics very seriously I also try not to take them too seriously because that can make things really sound really forced or like pretentious or something cool I was reading Keith uh, Richards autobiography oh yeah and he talks about how songwriting just it it creates this removal with reality where you're separate because you're scanning for things to turn into songs. Mm -hmm. You're you're scanning for like coins of phrase or subjects or characters or, um, or you're, or you're in pure like melodic harmonic, you know, land rhythmic land, you know, but always scanning. And it creates this removal with the separation between reality where things will happen and sometimes there, it can it can interfere with you know having like emotional relationships and yeah. and, and personal relationships because it's like no this is all just information that I need to to make these songs totally. for Keith Richards obviously it's like this is stuff that I'm gonna make millions of dollars with like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you guys are getting yeah. you know Marianne Faithful Oding you're yeah. just giving me tons of material here. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think my, my partner would be very embarrassed if I started talking about, I don't know, our little daughter on stage. I think it's just, there's certain kind of, uh, but you have to, there's a way of doing it, isn't it? There's, um, you've got to, you've got to um, be as metaphorical as possible without kind of also seeming um, kind of unintelligible. So you've got to have some kind of context to it, I think. And maybe I'm being a bit too mi- mystical about this, but. Well, it, it's definitely, uh, yeah, for me anyways, like I, I think that allowing people to come to their own conclusions and treating them like adults, Yeah, I like for people to walk away from, or, or take away something from the music that is like, well, that was, you know, whatever, or that was amazing. Yeah. Like I, you know, it helped me through this moment in my life or whatever. Yeah. It's quite powerful how certain songs just have no resonance with you at the time that you listen to it and you can go back to it several months later and you like hit, get hit with a kind of experience and like what now this makes sense to me even, sure. from, even from a songwriting perspective you know like when you write you write a few lyrics and it's like it, it was almost like sub um sub level feeling about a situation and then several months later the the experience will play out and then you finally all the pieces come together in the jigsaw and you've oh, got this yeah. beautiful song you're like oh now it makes sense and i can speak about this right yeah and sometimes sometimes i'll write a song and i'll be like i don't know what the fuck this is about <laughs> yeah, and then six months day. later <laughs> something will happen to me yeah. and then i'll be like 
I'll come back to this song and I'll be like, whoa, wait a minute. Yeah, like, this yeah. is sort of, all of a sudden it's activating something in me. Um, and do you feel, feel like a propensity to want to give it more energy then? When you come into it, you're like, actually, no, I do want to play this live. Or actually, I want to fi finish this writing this song because it actually yeah. has more meaning to it. Yeah. And that's the cool thing about music in general or records in general is like, you can have a record that you listen to and you go like, I don't get it. You know, like, uh, Ornette, say, say Ornette someone Col you don't get. <laughs> Ornette Coleman is shape of jazz to come or oh, the right. shape of jazz to come. Yeah, it's like, yeah. you know, I don't yeah. get it. And yeah. then all of a sudden one day that wavelength just hits yeah. and then it's like, it's like that whole musical world is yeah. open. And then you're like, holy shit. Yes, I have this yes. whole new world of Ornette Coleman records to just go yeah. and I can go through every single one. And, uh, you know. I, I feel the same about certain records that get pushed as being like the greatest jazz record of all time or whatever. Like you know, we were talking about Ornette Coleman there. Um, and Miles Davis' Kind of Blue is one of those as well, where I've just, you hear people talk about it all the time. And I, I, I spent years trying to avoid this record. Uh -huh. I'd heard some of the tracks of it. And then somebody, uh, my partner's father, gave me a vinyl and I listened to it with my eyes closed <laughs> in a dark room and it made total sense you know it made total and oh, I gave yeah. it two lessons I was like fuck man this is heavy this is heavy stuff you know you kind of you kind of give your intention to something it really changes your perspective to it you know oh yeah I mean that record is is deep yeah deep, deep music so you're yes. you're are you a Miles fan now much more so okay. um, much more so because I have a lot more respect for jazz musicians so my, my entire backing band are made up of people who went to some of the finest jazz colleges in the country um, you're a lucky so man well I'm very fortunate <laughs> they have to put up with me um, but I'm not I'm, I'm, I, I put it this way that I'm a I'm a failed jazz musician making rock music I'm a failed, failed I'm a failed <laughs> rock musician making jazz music yeah, so that's, that, how I, that's <laughs> what I feel <laughs> trying to combine the two worlds together you know um it's embarrassing you know when i ask them kind of theoretical questions about flat fives and nines and whatever and theory mm -hmm. and they'll tell they'll explain it's a some kind of diminished variation that i've never thought of doing because you know my piano is my f main instrument but i can barely read a note of music okay but i write 90 percent from the piano but um i borrow stuff you know i borrow ideas like i'm sure all musicians do you know Dr. John's a huge inspiration, kind of okay. the New Orleans sound, kind of right. syncopated bass and, you know, basically funeral music. I'm just mega into harmonic minor, you know, and I knew uh -huh. a lot of it's like, you know, G minor, D major, G minor, D major. I'll just play on that all day long. You know, it's got so much pull to it and they pull against each other. And it's blues, it's blues at the end of the day. But um, I find a, 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 a beautiful bass. It's almost like this... Um, it's it's a really good foundation for putting ideas on top because it's instant emotion, and that's oh, the way yeah. I feel it. You know, it's like instant um, atmosphere. Instant atmosphere. That's a great yeah. way to put it. You know, and you've set a scene. Almost, it's like straight away as a color. You know, and I can work with. Um, and it's it, it's difficult because I kind of you know I I'd like to think that I sing from a certain similar hymn sheet in a kind of psychedelic world although i don't like to use that word too much progressive world mm -hmm. you know as yourself i'm not comparing because you're <laughs> you're a very fine musician but um i i really enjoy the progressive world because it doesn't it kind of contains everything you know sure and you're not there's no boundary limited i don't know how you feel about that but well it kind of welcomes uh i i feel like the the style of composition like 
is is, is um, inherently like welcoming um, complication, exactly. or or is is uh, oftentimes like dealing with implication in the way that jazz does. Yeah, um, yeah. Or you know, with progressive rock music, it's like this inclusion of jazz and and classical and rock music and fusion and country and all this stuff i i was going to bring up willie nelson because willie yeah. nelson is is to me this uh kind of he's not a progressive rock musician by any means but he does tie all of the threads of american music together for me yes he does jazz he does country he does rock he does uh like american songbook you know standards yes, yes, and, of course. and he can he can kind of do all of these things and all of those worlds look to him and are like yeah this guy fucking gets it yeah yeah he does um, yeah but yeah. he doesn't i mean he he's more country obviously comes from country but he's also like never been fully embraced by mainstream country or or up until now now that he's like a figurehead of, yeah, of country music but i always think about you know those kinds of people that were that had the uh, the um, curiosity and the and the desire to do all of those things mm -hmm. and be like all these things are connected. Yeah. Like yeah, why yeah. are we creating these separations? Yeah. And like it makes it more interesting when you start fusing these things. Absolutely. According to your personal taste and and the way you want to express your music and your sound. A thousand percent. I agree with all of that. That's. Super well said. Um, it's kind of it reminded me while you were talking about Willie Nelson there. Um, this is going to sound a bit like a name drop. You probably know them as well. Um, but in a, a, a band, I was, uh, I'm in another band called Boyazuga, and we did a tour with Neil Young um, and his band with The Promise of the Real. Okay. And it's obviously Willie Nelson's. Willie's Boys. Willie's Boys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Really cool guys. I mean, they like a good smoke, but they're cool guys. <laughs> so, Dang, so that's Willie, cool, man. Yeah, that sounds was, like a. It was a cool time. It was a cool time. Crazy we, experience. We did a European tour with them. Um, and there was an element of their of their song of their writing, because obviously they've got their own band as well, The Promise of the Real. I've listened to a bunch of their songs. But there was an element of their songwriting that harked back to this memory of when I was listening to your album for the first time, the Western Come record. And I was like, wow, almost like kind of tapping into this um, similar tapestry and similar narrative. Yeah, I, I mean, Neil kind of ties a lot of threads of American music together for me as well. Um, I mean, he always said that his guitar playing was mostly influenced by John Coltrane's horn playing. Wow, right, okay, yeah, yeah. that's interesting. And like the voicings yeah. that he, but yeah, but yeah. I I don't necessarily hear it that much. But I I think spiritually, <laughs> like I think it's pretty similar. Yeah, I mean they were both they were both pretty rock and roll. Let's put it that way. You know, I mean I think uh, Coltrane was pushing the boundaries in all sorts of different ways. You know, with his own body and his uh, his ability and mm -hmm. pushing the boundaries of what was even capable on an instrument, let alone. Uh, doing it while you're pretty high, um, <laughs> which he was <laughs> a lot of the time, apparently. Um, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, crazy, crazy times. I mean, they were different, different breed. Um, one of the, you know, we're talking about that. We're going back to jazz again. Um, one of my coolest, one of the coolest stories I ever heard was um, it was about Art Tatum, um, godlike jazz keyboard player, who was blind, mm -hmm. and this this guy. I watched a jazz documentary, and I think he was helping Art Tatum 
to get up a flight of stairs into a uh, jazz gig that was happening in a loft in New York. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I don't, I'm not sure how much of this story has been glorified, but he was uh, listening to the jazz players playing on this piano and he, his ear was so good that he could tell which notes were missing on the piano. So that, when, oh, wow. yeah, so that when he went up to the piano, he played, he had to arrange scales and his ranger's finger patterns to do his crazy yep. runs yep. around notes that didn't exist on the piano. And he heard that. Oh, wow. <laughs> which is crazy. That's fucking wild. Can you imagine, like, day in, day out, all you do? I mean, I know, you know, some people are very lucky to play music every single day of their lives, but, you know, where it's just completely everything. You know, your your senses are, are, are bound by it. You know, it's incredible. To think oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, there's uh, that world of musicianship. I mean... I know a lot of people in that world, and they're like aliens. Yeah, they, they are. They, they just sit <laughs> and like you know, hear a bird flap its wings, and they're like, "Oh, that's a sea," yeah. you know, or whatever. Like, <laughs> that's a seagull. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a seagull. <laughs> but yeah, it's a, it's a, a gift, for sure. I mean, I'm completely self-taught. Uh, yeah, I went to. Um, a school that a, a college that had a really good music program and a lot of very very gifted uh, composers and, and cool. uh, instrumentalists but I studied art and chose not to you know uh, do that whole thing I don't think I could have done that that thing but uh, right. like yeah it's it's funny playing with those people and and um, my last two solo records before uh, this Western Come record, it, you know, arranging a lot of um, uh, strings and yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and stuff, and and working with a lot of those kinds of people. And so, were you having to score everything out? Well, yeah. I didn't score because I can't, I can't do that. Yeah, so yeah. So I was working with uh, my friend Heather, who I went to college with, and um, and she's one of those people who's just, you know, like I'll hum things and and then she'd be like oh okay and then you know just <laughs> yeah, know. you know arrange so it annoying. for for three uh for a trio or for a quartet <laughs> yeah. and uh and my drummer evan backer he's he's a he has a composition degree and oh, he's, no he's one of those people he he can just endlessly curious you yeah, know but yeah, he's a phenomenal yeah. drummer and he plays yeah. bass and wand of and course, stuff right. and yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. we've been working on this new wand record and just going ham on the arrangements like oh wow really like horns and we going like orchestral horn direction or are we going it's kind of orchestral but it's small or 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 like not full you know 60 person whatever yeah, like yeah, big yeah, ass yeah, 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 yeah. sound but but definitely um in that direction for that's sure cool. that's cool and are you this is like self-recorded project or are you gonna go yeah. to the studio and get it it's all self-recorded we did it all ourselves nice which is kind do you of prefer working that way <laughs> it's cool no it's been it's been really great because uh we we invested in getting a lot of nice gear um nice. and that's how western come was made it was entirely self-recorded wow, self-mixed um with uh, Robbie, who plays guitar and wand, and he's a yeah, fucking yeah. like brilliant engineer, and oh, cool. totally has like the brain and the ear for that, which I don't. I think songwriters inherently don't possess that ear yeah, yeah, for because yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, they're like, well, whatever, you know, it's just going to be played in all kinds of terrible yeah, ways. Exactly. And yeah, I just want to get the notes right. I want to get yeah. the lyrics right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I try not to think about that stuff too much. 
Um, but he's really great at it. And so we, yeah, we self-recorded Pale Horse Rider, uh, Western Come, and now this new Wand record. And, awesome. Which and hasn't come out yet, obviously. Is there a... <laughs> Sorry, as a super kind of nerd, um, kind of how far do you feel that you're through this one record, and when do you think we might see it? In We're like ninety nine point five percent finished. Ooh, what's the <laughs> other point five percent that we're that, missing? That's just uh, well, maybe it's mastering. more than a little more than that, but yeah, sequencing, mastering, naming, titling, artwork, cool, all that shit. Do you get involved in the artwork? Do. Of course, I'm, yeah, very involved. Like uh, I work with people that are better at it than I am, but. I, I like to... And how, how do you find these artists, or do they find you? Just friends. Is really. it? Is yeah. It I mean, I went to art school, so I have you a, know a <laughs> fucking insane amount of friends that are super talented and cool, cool, cool. And working artists um, that make really cool shit. So, yeah. That's so cool, man. I Yeah, I think as a songwriter, again, who, you know, runs bands as it were. I'm not sure if it's a better way to describe that, but I'm not a band manager, but you, you know what I mean. You kind of self-manage your own stuff. and You, know, you don't you have a manager for your... No, Good. Man. Fuck I'm yeah. <laughs> don't ever get one. But, <laughs> yeah, that's that's the way I kind of feel sometimes. Um, but yeah, if there's anyone out there... No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> yeah, so... Yeah, but I, what I'm going to talk about is how when you write your own record, you produce it, you mix it, and I'm very much in that same boat, you know, mm-hmm. for my own project... Uh, you, it's it's hard to delegate, I find. You know, when I was like, I'm going to let somebody else who knows more about this than me, especially when it comes to art and all sorts of other stuff, because you are so tied to a feeling. This is how I feel. Maybe mm-hmm. this is some kind of therapy I need to go through where I need to like, <laughs> let go yeah, a yeah. bit more and not have so much complete um, control over it, everything. Um, but it is really nice to let go sometimes. But I'm sure you've been in this process, and I'd love to ask you how you deal with it when something comes back and you're not quite 100%. You say, like, a mastering or the vinyl comes back and it doesn't sound as good as you thought it was going to sound. Or Oh, yeah. Know. I mean, I'm pretty relentless about getting it to where nice. I'm, I'm satisfied. In the Sonics, definitely, you know, with the vinyl and, like, with the last... Uh, with the Wand live record, I mean, that took... We had to delay it like a year and a half just because of the vinyl. It took 11 months. Whoa. Just to get a test press that was satisfactory. What, and what was the difference, if you don't mind me asking, from the, the point that you started with to the end test pressing? Was it well, dynamic difference? it sounded it? like shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if there's anything else we want to talk about, but thank you, man. Yeah, it's an honor. Yeah. So lovely to meet you. So lovely to chat. Yeah, lovely to chat. Yeah. Anybody? So the date went well. Yeah. We're going to round two, oh, right? Oh, cool. We made it to round two. We'll get a picture together, and that's about as far as I'll go. You can come next to me if you want. <laughs> Do I have to? Yeah. Hello, this is the Green Man Podcast. Can the members of Come Girl Late also say it? Hello, Hello, this is the Green Man Man Podcast. Podcast. We're in a green tent on a green couch. Baby, I did some research. You're about to get red for filth. But tell us about the shoes, honey. Yeah, let's talk. Okay, okay let's talk about all of our shoes. The only shoes. Yeah. <laughs> these were very, I was very excited when I found these. They're like. No, they're. We they're, actually all have really cute shoes. These are Missy Elliott Adidas wrestling boots. Where did you get those? Do you know what? In Asheville, Paris. North Carolina. Cute. 
Footwear. Moog Factory is. Asheville, North Carolina. It was closed. Been there a few times. I once went to Asheville, North Carolina. Really? Yeah, yeah. I was in a band once for my sins. What was your band? It was called Happiness. Why'd you quit? Why did I quit? Why did I quit Happiness? It didn't make me happy. You quit Happiness? Really? That's a that's a hot take. You, are you really going to ask me that question right now? You know, we should open with this question. I can guarantee all four of these pairs of shoes smell like yeah, awful. I would you be surprised what, if you know what? Some of the, so the, the urinals now we've been up. sweating and moistness <laughs> in all of it. For audio listeners only, which is everyone, I just put one of the cum girl shoes to my face uh, to hear what it was speaking, and it was giving eight. Mm. Anyway. <laughs> it was giving eight, like she yeah. ate. Eight and, and the number eight. And the number eight. Turn on its side, baby. Turn on the sideways Flip infinity. It. Infinity. Oh, is that why it's come girl eight? Yeah. yeah. Do you want to I mean, there's a forever. lot of reasons, forever. but that is yeah, never forever well. pleasure. Okay, should I ask the, the questions that I actually prepared Wait. for this? <laughs> Question number one. These are all going to be like number related. Okay. So like Blink 182, M83. Do you know S Club 8? S Club yeah. 8. It's Club okay. 7, you mean? No, 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 no. It's S Club 7. There was an S Club 8. No. I don't know S Club 8. Who was your favorite member of S Club 8? Calvin, Daisy, Jay, Stacy, Aaron, Hannah, Frankie, or Rochelle? There was an S Club 8? There was an S Club 8. It was kids. So oh, S Club 7 did a like reality TV show to find kids that looked mm. like them to make a like S Club Junior. So weird. But for some reason they chose eight people. So it's called S Club Eight. Wow. Huh. You know what I'm gonna say, I Rochelle. Favorite, but I remember, yeah, really I, <laughs> I heard someone named Daisy. Daisy. I have no idea who it is. Rochelle was, Frankie was my favorite. Next, Next. you hosted a premium down. telephone call line during lockdown. Okay, so do you know what 1-900-909-2233 was? One nine nine zero nine two two. Is that is that Miss Cleo? No, no, that was He Man. Mm. Um, no. One nine hundred seven three seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He Man. Three seven five three zero nine. Seven three seven two two three three. Seven five three zero nine. No, that was roommate. I got your number. What about one nine hundred nine zero nine Jeff? <laughs> wow, you know? my yeah. fiance's name is Jeff. No, that was. Oh, congrats. That was Will Smith and DJ Jazzy Jeff. Oh, shit. They had a number. Okay, this one's got a clue. 1-900-909-UFOs. Mm. Uh, no comment. Uh, the Unsolved Mysteries <laughs> hotline? No, UFO hotline. One nine. <laughs> I'm getting the answer in uh, it. Ludacris has a number. Oh, Text yeah. Text me sometimes, yeah. Ludacris. Yeah. I'm with J-Lo, I text Yeah, J-Lo, yeah, I get the yeah, J-Lo yeah. texts too. J-Lo? Yeah. yeah. I want... It stands for Jennifer Lopez. No, no, I know that. Yeah, she's a singer <laughs> and a dancer. I wasn't, I wasn't born yesterday. <laughs> I want to know... She didn't. She wore my J-Lo shirt today. I want to know her number. I want to know her number We'll too. give it and to I, you. And yeah. also, I want to... Um, I want to know what kind of thing she's texting. Mm. She's like, hey, girl. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she's Amen. like, hey, can't wait to see Maybe you guys. Uh -huh. And she's like, 
Let's get loud. Let's get loud. And the music gonna tell you what you gonna do. Let's get loud. Right. Um, <laughs> are your fans comrades? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So they're loyal followers. And what what determines a comrade? Um, they're 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 based. They're our comrades. It's kind of obvious. Our comrades. They're fun. People that understand that we're on the same universe together and we're trying to make something cute, fun, cool, fabulous, hot, and fun. And manipulate the status quo. Fun and fun and fun. In like a fun way. We have 15 set minutes? Up. Until you play. No, but we, we'll we do have to set, set up. Set up. Yeah. Oh, so we should go. Yeah, you should probably go. You should probably find a golf cart. Okay, well, this has been enlightening. What have we learned? Definitely. We learned that you're really fucking cool, and we should definitely hang out. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? And that's all I wanted. We learned actually before this podcast today is that you were actually the talk about town and that it was going to be a very fun conversation with you. Oh, great. Bye. Bye. Bye.